Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, October 25th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Isabel Dances. Here's what's going on in the tri-state area. Candidates for governor, Lee Zeldin, and incumbent Kathy Hochul are facing off in their first and likely last debate of this election cycle. The debate is happening tonight at 7pm at Pace University and will be televised on Spectrum News. The event comes only two weeks before the general election, which is taking place on November 8th. Zeldin, the Republican candidate, accepted Hochul's debate invitation on Sunday. The pair have been making quips at each other throughout this campaign cycle, accusing the other of shying away from a debate. The debate comes at a critical moment as polls show Zeldin closing in on Hochul's lead, making the race closer than anticipated. Tonight's debate is set to last for one hour. A new study shows that New York's Open Streets program has boosted restaurant revenue. The Open Streets program started during the COVID-19 pandemic to encourage outdoor dining. The city would block off certain streets from traffic, giving room for restaurants to expand seating options. The recent study found that restaurants on these car-free streets have flourished, while those on traffic-filled streets have struggled. This is significant because many restaurants and businesses took hits during the pandemic. And while open streets are good for restaurants, they're also good for holidays. That's right. The New York Department of Transportation announced that this year on Halloween, nearly 100 streets across all five boroughs will be closed to cars. The program is called Trigger Streets and is aimed at helping parents keep their children safe while trick-or-treating. The streets will be closed from 4 to 8 p.m. Adjunct professors at NYU are gearing up to strike. This decision comes after 95% of unionized adjunct staff backed the strike demanding higher pay, protection against course cancellation, and better health insurance. Adjunct professors make up over 50% of total faculty at NYU. Professors will engage in the next bargaining sessions on October 26th and October 28th. The final deadline for an NYU response is October 30th when their contracts end. Adidas will cut ties with the rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. Their relationship has ended following Ye's repeated anti-Semitic comments across various media outlets. This will bring an end to the popular Yeezy collaboration between the rapper and Adidas, a collection which generates nearly $250 million a year for the brand. Adidas said in a public statement that Ye's recent comments violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion. Ye's recent comments have also prompted his Hollywood talent agency, CAA, to drop the rapper from their books. And it's a big day for Madison Square Garden announcements. The 1975's upcoming show at the Iconic Arena will be streamed live on Amazon Music on November 7th at 8.30pm. Fans can also catch a repeat screening the day after, and the show will then be available to watch on Prime Video. And as we enter the festive season, the Queen of Christmas will return once again to MSG. Mariah Carey will perform her new holiday show, Merry Christmas to All, at the arena on December 13th. The concert will include all her classic hits, so you can welcome the holiday season in true style. Tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Let's head over to the world of sports with WFUV Samantha Borer. 
Today, WNBA player Brittany Griner's nine-year prison sentence was upheld in Russian court. She has been detained in Russia since February when hashish oil cartridges were found in her luggage. She pled guilty and was given the maximum sentence. She had appealed for a shorter sentence, but her appeal was denied and she will now serve the remainder of her time in a Russian penal colony. They have decided, however, that due to the length of her pretrial detainment, her time there will be applied to her sentence. She will likely end up serving around eight years total. And Sam, what's going on in New York sports? Well, Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger has suffered a fractured eye socket and septum and will need surgery after the hand of a Jaguars player made its way through his face mask. Bellinger was taken to the hospital during Sunday's game for evaluation, and it was announced yesterday that he will need surgery to repair the damage. Thankfully, this injury is not believed to be season ending, and we may see him back on the field before the end of the year. And over on the ice, the New York Rangers will play the Colorado Avalanche tonight and face off in what many are calling a preview of the Stanley Cup final. Dryden Hunt, former Ranger-turned-Avalanche, will face off against his former team tonight. The Rangers are coming off of two straight losses in a row at home and will need to find their rhythm again if they hope to best the reigning champions. The two teams will be fighting to gain the next two points in the race for the Stanley Cup. For WFUV Sports, I'm Samantha Bohr. Thanks, Sam. Animals in New York City are not an unfamiliar sight. Most of the commonly seen wildlife in the city are small creatures, like birds, bees, mice, squirrels, and more. However, New York City has seen an influx of a bigger animal that many do not expect to see in this metropolitan area. My co-host Isabel Danzis has more about urban coyotes. Most people don't associate city living with coyotes. For years, seeing coyotes in New York City has been met with shock and disbelief, like this CBS report from 2015. I know you might not believe this one, but coyote sightings are on the rise in New York City. One was captured in a Manhattan park in January. Another got stuck on the roof of a Queens bar last month. But coyotes actually call cities all across the United States home, and they have for a while. Carol Hinger is a researcher who works with the organization Gotham Coyotes, who tracked the animal. She says that coyotes moved from the Midwest to New York State in the 1940s and eventually moved to the Bronx as recently as the 90s. But New York is an extremely interesting place to look at these city-dwelling coyotes because New York City was one of the last places that coyotes expanded to. And currently, Long Island is the only place where coyotes are still expanding their territory. Hinger says it's not surprising that the coyotes have come to the city because they only need two basic things to live, and they can find them in the urban jungle. It seems like coyotes are able to live anywhere that there's just enough green space to, to be able to um, hide so they're, they're not seen by humans, and enough you know, where they can find food, and that's really all they need. Um, so they're kind of a, they're a special case. Not all animals can do this. But a lot of urban research has shown that Um, To thrive in urban areas, you really do kind of need this uh, behavioral plasticity. Hinger said that New York City has enough parks that coyotes can hide from humans. And they found enough food. They mostly eat birds, insects, rabbits, deer, and some skunks and possums. They also supplement their natural diet with human food like chicken, beef, and pig. So really, it makes sense they've come to the city. However, that behavioral plasticity Hinger mentioned... That's key to why coyotes have been able to survive in New York. Urban areas, they're not static. They do change a lot. You know, um, one a park might be here, you know, one day and then gone the next, or 
this food resource might not be here. So that you really do need to be able to change your behavior to fit the situation. And coyotes are pretty much the number one example of that. As a part of Hinger's research, she made an entire family tree mapping out coyotes' bloodlines. In large spaces like Pelham Bay Park, there was evidence that generations of coyotes lived there. Looking across the, um, the city in terms of how the coyotes were related to each other across the parks, we saw that there was a lot of relatedness, indicating that the coyotes from Pelham Bay Park up north and Van Cortland, those, um, their descendants were the ones that were colonizing um, the parks further down in the southern part of the Bronx. But there was also evidence showing that new coyotes are still coming into the city which is good because it adds genetic diversity to the existing population. The family tree provided researchers a story of the migration of coyotes and how they are adapting to city life. So it gave, gave us an idea of how, you know, that they were staying here over a couple of generations, the same coyotes. And it wasn't just an, uh, an example of coyotes just coming to the city but then not, not surviving. Many come to New York City and find a home that fills all their needs. And coyotes are no different. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was my co-host Isabel Danzis talking about urban coyotes. And that's our show for today. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.